0: visit carp.ca.
2: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer Worldwide. I'm Bob Komsik, and again for Libby's Nimer. Could hockey save the healthcare system? We'll speak to one doctor who believes lessons learned on the ice could apply to the doctor's office. And The entertainment world mourned the loss of legendary guitarist Chuck Berry, and we'll talk about him with our own legendary musician Robbie Lane. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. It's a message that we're hearing more often, but it still isn't sticking with some. Seniors are at an increased risk of catching a sexually transmitted disease. And now, one family doctor has come up with a unique way of passing on the message.
1: All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Rap Dr. D's rap intention, calling out all you fellas and ladies. STDs are tearing through folks in their 80s. Can you really help?
2: Dr. Shannon Dowler is using music and humor to get the message across that the rate of STDs is rising in those 50 plus. It's actually the third music video the family doctor has produced to help pass on important messages. When many learn they have terminal cancer, it's literally a death sentence. They go into treatment, spend the rest of their days sick, and often miserable. But not everyone chooses that path. In the summer of 2015, 91-year-old Norma Jean Bauerschmidt was told she had terminal cancer and that the treatment was unlikely to have much effect. So, instead of chemo and radiation, she set out on the open road. For 12 months, she crisscrossed the U.S., driving some 13,000 miles, toured 75 destinations in nearly three dozen states. She ended her tour in Washington state in the summer of 2015, where she entered hospice care. Bauer-Schmidt died recently, 18 months after her diagnosis. And some encouraging news now for those living with Parkinson's. U.S. regulators have approved the first new drug in a decade to treat the chronic neurological disorder that causes tremors and movement difficulties. It's called Zedego for use when a patient's regular medicines aren't working so well. According to the FDA, adding Zedego decreased periods with troubling symptoms such as involuntary muscle movement. And he came up with the dating game, the Newlywed Game, and The Gong Show. Zoomer TV show creator Chuck Barris has died at the age of 87 at his home in Palisades, New York. In addition to the game shows, Barris was also a best-selling author and wrote the 1962 hit record, Palisades Park, recorded by Freddie Cannon. I'm Bob Comstock, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Is there a way that hockey could somehow help save Canada's healthcare system? Sounds like a stretch, but Dr. Steve Pinney, former head of orthopedic surgery at St. Paul's Hospital in Vancouver, says there are definite lessons that can be learned from the ice. He's written a new book entitled How Hockey Can Save Healthcare. And joins me now. Dr. Pinney, how do hockey and healthcare go together?
3: Well, it turns out that the principles of running a successful hockey team are very similar to the principles of running a modern healthcare system. And we are at a stage in healthcare where we need to modernize the system. And the principles that you think about in terms of having an effective hockey team are things like having clear goals. And certainly you need star players, but they need to work as a coordinated part of a larger team. Uh, we need to hold individual players accountable and measure the results of the performance of the team and continuously improve based on those results. And, of course, we have to have leadership that is held responsible for the overall results. That's what we take for granted in looking at a professional hockey team. Well, those things also apply to health care. And for a variety of historical reasons, we really don't have that in the Canadian healthcare care system.
2: Have you ever pitched this to politicians?
3: I've sent a copy of my book to all of the politicians, and I have heard back from a number of them. And the types of things that I'm talking about in my book are the types of things that most health care reform experts are talking about. The the difficulty is how do we go from the existing system to this new modern version of a health care system. I think the idea of creating a second system so you're not directly confronting the existing system is probably the only way we're going to make this type of disruptive change.
2: So private?
3: No. No, no. I think it needs to be publicly funded. But it needs to be based on competition. That's different than being private. We just need to have a system where we can hold people accountable, where we can think about the specific needs of the population and create the the services and the teams to meet those needs. And right now, the way the system is structured, where you have different leadership groups fighting for control, is it the Ministry of Health, is it the health authorities, is it the Doctors' Association? They're each trying to get their views and ideas across. There's a lot of power struggles going on. I think it would be helpful to just create a system from scratch that would embrace the existing principles that we know uh, work.
2: As far as politicians, you could see how they would be a little hesitant to want to change something that's been around forever and a day.
3: Yes, it's much easier to kick the can down the road. But what we should reorient ourselves to is those principles and the ideals. The the system has great ideals. And no one, or I'm not talking about trying to get rid of the publicly funded system. I'm talking about how we can make it much more efficient so that it serves the needs of the Canadian population. So this is not an incremental thing. And healthcare is getting progressively more and more expensive. The care we are delivering is problematic, not only with wait lists, but with the actual quality of care. And at what point do we say, look, we can't keep doing the same things and expect to get a fundamentally different result? and the changes that you can expect with these newer ways of organizing systems are not a two or five percent improvement they're 30 50 percent improvement in productivity efficiency and overall satisfaction not just of patients but those people who work within the system
2: we might not be around when something like this would be fully implemented but do you expect to see this set in motion at some point in your lifetime our lifetime
3: Well, we're already seeing movements to embrace a lot of these principles and uh, looking more at outcome metrics, trying to organize around teams. So a lot of this is coming within the existing system, but we're limited to the changes that can be made in the existing system by the way that it has traditionally been funded, bulk funding of of hospital services and particularly fee-for-service funding of physicians. And so at some point, we're going to have to think about how we can change that model because it does set up this fragmented, siloed system that we have.
2: Dr. Stephen Pinney, author, also, How Hockey Can Save Healthcare. Doctor, thank you.
3: Thank you very much, Bob.
2: I'm Bob Comsick and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Legendary Zoomer entertainer artist Chuck Berry passed away recently, just months before the release of his album called Chuck. We'll talk about the man, his music, and some of his challenges with
0: Zoomer radio host, Robbie Lane, when we return. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. He was 90 when he announced that he was in the studio
2: working on a new album, Chuck Berry, the legendary guitarist and one of the founders of rock and roll, passed away recently. His guitar riffs were unmistakable and often imitated by the likes of the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and the Beach Boys. To talk about his career and Berry's life in and out of the spotlight, I'm joined now by legendary musician in his own right, Zuma Radio's Robbie Lane. Robbie
4: Lane, did he influence you? I think he influenced uh, anybody who was... A teenager at the time that he started recording. And um, everybody that I knew in neighborhood bands back in those days had to play that Chuck Berry thing. You know, the intro to almost every Chuck Berry song was pretty similar. So yeah, he did influence us and uh, we did and still do uh, Chuck Berry songs to this day. Surprised
2: given the number of years that that have passed and yet you mention his name,
4: and people still know, regardless of age. 25-year-old blues guy, uh, Sam Taylor, who's appeared on The Happy Gang a few times and been around the studio. He, uh, To him, Chuck Berry is his idol. He plays guitar and sings, and he was absolutely um, devastated uh, when he heard the news. He called me, and uh, he was just in tears. I mean— you have to expect this is going to happen to our heroes because we all can't live forever, right? But uh, it didn't seem to matter what generation we were talking about. When it came to guitar playing, rock and roll guitar playing, every generation has listened to Chuck Berry. Anyone better? Oh, yeah. There are better guitar players. But What, what was it about his way? His way was the first he, – He, I think there's probably five uh, founding fathers of rock and roll um, – Fats Domino, Elvis, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, and uh, Carl Perkins. Um, His way was that he connected with that teenage audience better than anyone ever had before. He wrote songs like School Days, which was really just about us going to school and hardly waiting to get the heck out of there so we could go to the uh, juke joint and drop in a nickel and play our favorite song, because it was a nickel back then. (laughs) So, uh, but he... He identified and could connect with that teenage audience. So his guitar playing, although it was unique, he wasn't the best guitar player, but he was one of the most unique players of his time. You mentioned how he could connect with
2: the young. I'm looking at one of his quotes that I've come across, and this is a quote now from Chuck Berry. I made records for people who would buy them, no color, no ethnic, no political.
4: I don't want that, never did. True. And he broke the color barrier in a lot of ways because back in the day, um, top 40 radio stations back in the 1950s would not – a lot of them would not play African-American artists. Uh, when Little Richard released Tutti Fruity," Pat Boone covered it so that the white bread top 40 stations could play Tutti Frutti. And it just didn't sound right to me. Uh, Chuck Berry was one of those artists that nobody could ignore. So his music got played on every radio station right across the country almost from the beginning. With the number of hits he had, is there a favorite for you? It's hard to say. I I think School Days, uh, the one I mentioned, was uh, one of my favorites. Sweet Little Sixteen, I love that. Nadine, Honey, Is That You? Um, All of them were uh, favorite songs of mine, but I think if I had to pick one, it would be uh, School Days.
2: Up in the morning and out to school
4: The teacher is teaching the golden
2: rule Going back to my childhood, And in the 60s, and remember when I was mesmerized by the Beatles, and then realizing years later, some of their work, where it originated from, Chuck Berry, Roll Over Beethoven. I I figured, oh, there's a a Beatles tune. Uh, Not so fast. Right,
4: exactly. And the same with the Beach Boys. They actually borrowed a Chuck Berry song and uh, Brian Wilson uh, put it down as he he was the writer and he wasn't. It was Chuck Berry's song. They just changed the words. Uh, Chuck Berry's legal team came after Brian Wilson and they had to settle eventually. And uh, from now on and from then on, uh, that song was credited to both Brian Wilson and Chuck Berry.
2: Anyone else that
4: you can think of who approached
2: the entertainment business, the way Chuck did among your contemporaries when you were starting out and maybe still today that, you know, you mentioned about the five founding fathers of of rock and roll. Maybe it's just those four. Do you see others that when you hear them speak, when you see them
4: perform, you think a little bit of him, of Chuck Berry? I think when I hear rock and roll music, period, period, it reminds me of Chuck Berry. And uh, somebody just uh, recently said that if it wasn't for if – you, if you wanted to call a rock and roll by another name, it would be Chuck Berry. So that pretty much <laughs> sums up what he thought and what we all think about uh, Chuck Berry. And it's interesting because uh, the other day on the Happy Gang, uh, the Monday after Chuck passed – We did kind of a – I dropped in and brought somebody with me and he did a Chuck Berry song and we talked about him and played his music. And I got an email from someone the next day who said, Robbie, wake up. Do you realize all of the illegal things that Chuck Berry did during his lifetime? And I didn't respond to his email, but I'm responding now by saying – I don't really sit in judgment of what he did in his personal life. All I'm interested in and all we all care about is the music, because that's what it's all about. Speaking of the music, Chuck Berry.
2: Maybelline, why can't you be true? That's Chuck Berry with Maybelline. I'm Bob Komsic, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Sir Reginald Dwight had a birthday recently. More on the man you know as Elton
0: John when we return. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to
2: the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Bob Komsic, in for Libby's Nimer this week. It's time for your International Arts date book. tips for those of you jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown.
1: A first effort by acclaimed Canadian choreographer Crystal Pite for London's Royal Ballet is receiving rave reviews. Pite says flight pattern deliberately evokes the world refugee crisis set to Henrik Goritsky's Symphony of Sorrowful Songs. Height is the first woman to create a main stage work for the Royal Ballet in 18 years. The Hague Photography Museum is presenting pictures of Russia's last royal family taken by a private tutor to the Tsar's children. The pictures commemorate the 100th anniversary of the Tsar's overthrow. In New York City, the story of a girl who talked to God, built a nation, and was burned at the stake is on stage at the Public Theater. Joe Lampert has the title role of Joan of Arc. Grammy winner David Byrne explores the meteoric rise of Joan of Arc through the lens of a one-of-a-kind musical concert. And in time for Easter in the Holy Land, restoration has been completed on the site of the tomb of Jesus in Jerusalem's Old City. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Book.
2: This week, the one and only Sir Elton John celebrated his 70th birthday. For almost 50 years, he's been one of the biggest names in music, although his name hasn't always been Elton John. He was born Reginald Kenneth Dwight, but early in his career, he played alongside saxophonist Elton Dean and vocalist Lon John Baldry. A combination of their names led to the stage name Elton John. In 1967, a newspaper ad led him to Bernie Topin, who would go on to become his primary songwriting partner. Together, they've written and recorded more than 30 studio albums, including seven straight number one albums and over 50 top 40 hits. Elton himself has received five Grammys, five Brit Awards, an Academy Award, a Golden Globe and a Tony, just to name a few. Right now, we'll travel back to the early days of his career. Here's his first U.S. number one single, Crocodile Rock. That was Crocodile Rock, Elton John's first single to take him to number one on the U.S. Billboard. Elton celebrated his 70th birthday this week, and that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Weekend Review. I'm Bob Comstock, and again for Libby's Neimer, thanks for joining me. Be sure to
0: come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review, produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive Producer Moses Neimer.